Hey everybody, you're listening to What's the Point, a podcast of Waypoint Church where we talk about all the things in the life and ministry of, of the church. Uh, and today we are in our second of a, a short little two-part series on Advent. Uh, our, our previous episode, we talked about uh, peace and hope, and, and today uh, we are going to be talking about the themes of joy and love. And uh, today, I, my name is Eric Weiner, uh, one of the pastors here, and today I'm joined in studio uh, by one of our lovely couples and, and longtime members of Waypoint Church. Who, who do we have here to, today? So, hi to everyone listening to this podcast. My name is Nathan Chung. Um, I guess a little bit about myself. I was born and raised in Toronto, Canada. I'm an optometrist, and I currently work at the Duke Eye Center, um, and I only see pediatric patients. Hi, I'm Sandra Chung, and I'm also an optometrist. And uh, yeah, we joined Waypoint about six years ago when we moved out here from California. Yeah, that's awesome. Any uh, Nathan, any, any cool nicknames from being from Toronto? Like Air Canada or like <laughs> no basketball I guess, days uh, or a funny nickname was I went to an all boys private school growing up. Oh yeah, um, from grades three to twelve, and so my friends called me Nat, Nat T, um, okay, instead of Nate. Uh, but Nat is I guess short for Natalie, um, but they didn't really know that because we went to an all boys <laughs> private school. <laughs> okay, well, cool. Fun fun fact: you heard it here first, Nat. We got Nat here with us and Sandra, and um, so uh, as as we always like to do, we, we like to start off these episodes with a little icebreaker. Uh, I thought with it, it being fitting for the season, uh, we'd do something Christmas related. So for you guys, what what makes Christmas time feel like Christmas for you? Is it the traditions? Is it the the decorations, cookies, the smell? You know, the, what it, what is it? As being from Toronto or being from Canada, uh, Christmas doesn't feel like Christmas if there isn't snow on the ground. Mm. So having a white Christmas um, and I guess time off from school. Yeah, so so maybe uh, like North Carolina, half the time it, it doesn't feel like Christmas the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, only when it snows, I guess, the once or twice in the year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me... Um, I loved putting the Christmas tree up every year and yeah. kind of just seeing those ornaments or, yeah, seeing the lights. Um, and another for me is just Christmas songs. Um, even though I didn't grow up a believer, it was just like the songs at that time of the year. And I also <coughs> was part of a children's choir in the community. And um, we would, every year it was, you know, around that time we would sing Christmas songs. And yeah, it just, you know, felt like that time of the year. Yeah. So you're saying you were part of a, a choir? Yes. Does Does Gina know that? <laughs> no, I don't. Okay. Think so. <laughs> Ho- hopefully, maybe she won't listen to that. Otherwise, she she might be calling you. Um, any Any favorite Christmas songs? Ugh. Um, it's hard to pick one. It is Silent Night because um, we do like the candlelit one was yeah. really um, yeah was was always a good one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we've got we've got. Who else do we have here with us? Yes. We have uh, Jacob in the room, uh, trying to get him to watch some shows uh, on a tablet. <laughs> <laughs> but might uh, hear him in the background. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, that's totally fine. He's one of, one of the reasons why we're we're uh, here this morning to talk about. So, um, yeah, for for me, uh, we so so like for us, we we actually never um, we my family. 
I, I never bought a Christmas tree, like a, like a real tree before until like, I don't know, two years ago. Mm-hmm. So that's been, that's been a fun tradition that we've started with, with the kids. They, mm-hmm. they like get really excited about like having a, a Christmas tree, which they don't know the difference between a fake tree, like having only a fake tree ever <laughs> and having like a real tree. But um, I feel like being able to do that and then take the kids out to, to go walk, look at the different houses and all the Christmas lights, like that's, you know, playing Christmas music on in the car and, you know, just riding around. Um, I feel like that, that stuff has, has at least recently been what has made Christmas feel like Christmas for, uh, for my family in, in our, in our household. So, uh, definitely have been fun, some fun traditions that we have established, I guess, if you will. Um, but yeah, like, like we said, um, you know, one of the things that we want to talk about, uh, today is, is these themes of, of joy and love. And we thought, you know, with, with your family, your story, uh, in, in particular, your story of adoption and just walking through that. And we're, we're going to get to that in a moment. Um, but first I thought it'd, it'd be great for our listeners just for you to, uh, tell us a little bit more about your backstories, about, um, your, your faith journey and, and even how you guys met. So I was born and raised in a Christian family, um, and so as far back as I can remember, um, I always went to church on Sundays, um, and um, my parents um, always told me three things going up. Uh, one is that they wanted me to learn about the love of God and to learn um, about their faith. Um, uh, second is that I, they wanted me to have a good education um, because no matter what happens, like what what you learn in life, you'll always take that with you. And third is that um, no matter what I do in this life, they will always love me. Hmm. And uh, in terms of, I guess, how we met, um, we both met in optometry school and that's kind of, um, I guess, a story in itself. Um, and then... Um, yeah, I guess a little bit about my faith journey. Um, I was raised, raised in a non-Christian home and spent the first part of my life um, really putting my identity in um, achieving, performing, people-pleasing, and perfectionism. Being a child of immigrants and growing up in Silicon Valley surrounded by high achievers, I think I had this deep fear that maybe I'm not worthy of being loved um, if I'm not perfect or if I don't have it all together. Um, So having that mindset meant though that I was always striving, trying to look like I had it all together, um, never being able to fully rest or to be vulnerable with others. Uh, So now looking back, I can see that I was exhausted and sometimes even lonely uh, despite seeming to have achieved all the things, all the things that I set out to do. Um, but yeah, I couldn't really understand um, why I felt that way. Um, so fast forward to optometry school. That's when I met Nathan. Um, we had connected over playing intramural basketball and nice. started dating um, pretty quickly after we met. Um, who, but, who was the better player? I guess Nathan. <laughs> He's got a couple just, inches on me. So. You're just being kind. I, just, I, I see. 
Um, yeah, a few months into dating, things were going well, but I decided to break up with him because <laughs> I was scared, actually, of what might happen if we continued. Um, I'd seen my parents' marriage fall apart um, because they didn't share the same faith. And I, um, at that point, Nathan was a believer. I wasn't. And I was like, okay, I know how this story ends. Mm. Um so I ended it, um, but uh, but yeah, it was God's grace that this wasn't the end of our story. About a month later, we decided to give it a try again. Um, Nathan had challenged me asking how I could be so sure that I couldn't become a follower of Jesus if I didn't really know that much about him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually started attending the international grad student ministry because Nathan was an international being Canadian. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, and then soon after, um, yeah, I started attending Bible studies, just trying to learn more about who God was. Um, and yeah, I really struggled um, uh, to understand that I, you know, couldn't earn God's favor. Grace yeah. was just such a foreign concept for me. Um, but I knew I wanted to be fully known and fully loved. Um, it was, yeah, it was just really counterintuitive um, to my achiever and perfectionist self to accept that I was a broken sinner in need of this free gift of yeah. salvation. Um, but yeah, um, God was faithful and I became a believer and got baptized in 2014. And then Nathan and I got married the following year. Wow. That's crazy. What a, what a story. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Um, and, and so f- you broke up and then you got back together and then just continuing uh, this ongoing, like God, it, it seems like God was just continuing to pursue you. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're being pursued by God. I guess you're also being pursued by, by Nathan <laughs> yeah. a little bit. Being pursued um, by God through Nathan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know what? Like for you, did you come to that decision? Like, w- was any any part of you like, I need to, I need to really explore Christianity because of Nathan, or was it more so like, kind of came to it because of your own just like interest, curiosity, seeking? Yeah, that's a really good question. I am. Um, there was a point where I was like, Am I pursuing Christianity just because I like him, or <sighs> am I? You know, am I truly doing this because I want a relationship with God? Um, so, actually, I graduated optometry school and then um, was set to move to Boston for a year to do my residency. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of like the perfect time for me to figure out because um, we, you know, we're going to be long distance for a while. And I was like, okay, this is the year. Um, or Boston is a great opportunity for me to see, like, am I, yeah, am I pursuing this because of Nathan only, or hmm. is there, you know, more to it? Yeah. Um, so God really did go before me and provided um, an awesome church for me to grow in that year and a life group. Um, and I think it was, yeah, through, through community there and starting to, you know, um, learn more what it looks like to walk the Christian life that um, that's where that faith part finally, you know, clicked and, yeah. and yeah, I was like, okay, 
okay, God, here I am. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Praise God. Yes. So, uh, so you you graduated optometry school and then you moved to Boston. Mm-hmm. And and did you get married after going to Boston? After. So okay. then after Boston, I moved back to California. Okay. And Nathan was still finishing up school. Okay. And then right after he graduated, then we got married. Okay. Yeah. And then you you spent about a year apart after that. Yes. After the first year of marriage. A lot of long distance. Lots of, lots of adjustments moving. Yeah. Uh, so so then okay so how how did you come how did you all come to Waypoint? Yeah. So we um so Nathan finished residency in Cincinnati um, and then got a job um, at the Duke Eye Center um, and then. We, right before we moved here, one of our um, optometry colleagues um, was like, oh, I know someone, another optometrist who is in North Carolina in the area that you're moving to. And we got connected. Um, and that person's Michelle Sun, um, oh, yeah. who is a Waypoint member. Um, and in getting to know her, she shared like, oh, she shared how much she loved Waypoint Church. And we were like, this is perfect. We're looking yeah. for a church. And then... We came to check it out. We were at Cedar Fork um, yeah. still back then and loved it. And yeah, the rest is history. Yeah. Yeah. It's so cool. It's such a cool story. Thanks for thanks for sharing all of that. Um, so again, during this episode, we, we wanted to spend some time reflecting on joy and love. And, and you guys have this really sweet story uh, that we thought fits really well into these themes with with the story of adopting Jacob, which uh, if, if you have heard it in the background, I, I don't know how much it's being picked up, but uh, Jacob is here with us, and uh, Nathan was just over there trying to uh, help him get adjusted again and uh, watching, is he watching a show? Um, I downloaded some shows for him to watch, okay. but um, I thought he'd like him, but he doesn't. Um, and so right now he's on kind of like a game that you okay. can't really play. <laughs> All right. That's fair. That's fair. Maybe, maybe we'll figure it out. Well, um, as he's doing that, maybe, maybe you guys could spend some time first just sharing with us what, what led you to decide to adopt and what was that process like for you just walking through adoption? Yeah. So, um, growing up, God had always placed on my heart, um, adoption and even before Sandra and I met, um, that was something that, that I had wanted to do, um, kind of for my future family and for my future partner. Um, I think dating, when we first initially started um, going out, we met, that topic may have come up like one, once or twice um, that we had talked about adoption. But it was something on my mind and something God had placed on my heart. Um, but once we got married... And we wanted to, I guess, start a family of our own. Um, We encountered infertility um, as we had tried for several years to start a family. Um, And I guess that journey of infertility or that that's another topic that could be a whole podcast podcast on its own. Um, But it was just something on our on our mind. And um, I guess through life circumstances, um, that opportunity presented itself again. Um, it was a discussion that Sandra and I, um, had to make, um, and some, uh, grieving and loss on her part, um, that she'll may get into, um, with her answer. Uh, but once we decided, uh, it was 
a two-year-long process of lots of paperwork um, and um, several several notaries that we needed to get yeah. done. Um, I laughed that because um, thanks, if, Sarah. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, if anyone doesn't know, um, Sarah Weiner is a notary, and she helped us notarize a lot of forms uh, related to the adoption process. Um, which, which works out really nice for a lot of people. I mean, she wants it to be a ministry. It doesn't help me at all because she can't notarize <laughs> anything for me, but well, I'm glad that she can do that for, for, so many, yes. for so many people, so it's really cool. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, like Nathan said, um, it was really our hard season of infertility um, that led us to wonder, yeah, um, God, is this, you know, is this your plan for us? Um, hmm. And then it was after a lot of prayer, a lot of, um, yeah, just grieving um, um, that, you know, we we finally came to the conclusion that like, okay, God, I think you're calling us to adopt. Um, and then it was, um, it was on February 17, 2020 that we submitted our application to start the process um, to adopt a child from Taiwan. Hmm. And um, yeah, it was kind of crazy. Just a flood of paperwork arrived immediately after and then, we were so excited to like get through the paperwork, at least I was, because I think in my mind, I was like, oh, like um, this is the like part of me that, um, yeah, that loves to think that I'm in control. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was simpler times back then too, February <laughs> yeah. of 2020. Right, you know. so little did we know that, you know, a couple <laughs> weeks later, the whole world would shut down. Yeah. and. We had all this paperwork, and I was like, great, I have so much time to do it now. Um, but then there were so many things that we got to a certain point where it was like, wait, we actually can't do any of this right now. Like, we had to go get a physical exam done. We had to go get fingerprinted, and all of those things were shut down. And we were like, okay, we thought we were going to get started and get going and yeah. hit the ground running. And then all of a sudden, we couldn't. Um, so that was a little frustrating. Um, yeah. And, um, yeah, it was just, um, our process was kind of like that where we would, it would be like, hurry up and wait, like, you yeah. know, multiple times over and over where we'd get our next set of paperwork and then, I would like rush through it thinking like, okay, like maybe I can move this process a little faster. The faster I get through the paperwork, the sooner we'll be able to meet our child. And then one thing or another would, you know, lead to a delay or a kind of just like a, a stop and, um, or yeah, we would do our part and then wait and then hear nothing back for hmm. months or whatnot. And it, um, it's just, yeah, it was like really painful to wait. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was about a year after we started the process in March of 2021 that our agency called us and we found out we were matched with a little boy. Um, yeah, we were just, we were just overjoyed. We couldn't believe it. After all that waiting, we were finally matched and yeah. seeing his picture seeing his face it was just um 
yeah, it was just so much joy and excitement. Um, the interesting detail in it um, was that when we took a closer look at his information, we we realized that he was born on February 17, 2020, which was the same exact day we submitted to the Lord's will and yeah. turned in our application to start the process. And it was just like in that moment, I, I knew like God was orchestrating all the details and yeah. um, <laughs> I'm getting a little emotional here. I but mean, that, that gives me chills. Like that's, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. Wow. So, so it was, yeah, it's just really encouraging to, um, to have God, you know, give us that little <laughs> gift of like, Hey, you know, like I've got this and, um, I mean, of yeah. all of all the days, like that, like that's the day. That's the yeah. day. I mean, you could have like any any number of things could have happened that made you turn in the paperwork a day earlier, a day later, right. and, and yet like right. the, those days align. Like, yeah, you know, you, you're talking about just feeling like you know trying to do whatever you can to make it feel like you're in control, and in so many ways you're not. But then it's almost like this beautiful discovery of, oh, it's even better. Like God's in control yeah. and yeah. He, he really is for us. And he's, he's been looking out for us, he, even though this has been hard, even though the waiting. Mm-hmm. And you come, you come to this moment of, okay, even, even with this news, there's more waiting. But yeah. now, yes. you have, now you have a face. You have a child. Yeah. You, have, you have someone that like, it, it becomes more real. Like, yeah. It's beautiful. Definitely. Um, yeah, so that was just, um, yeah, I'll just never forget that moment of realizing that. Um, but you're right, it, it was more waiting after that. It was another yeah. whole year um, of more paperwork and just waiting for court approvals and um, and also <laughs> visas because um, Taiwan at that point due to COVID was still closed to visitors. And so we had to wait to get um, a humanitarian visa just to enter into mm. Taiwan. And um, yeah, it was end of February of this year, 2022, that we traveled to Taiwan and um, spent 21 days um, quarantining yeah. actually. Um, so that we could, you know, officially meet Jacob and, um, yeah, quarantine um, is a whole other yeah. kind of story on itself. But, um, but yeah, we were like, okay, this is worth it. We're so close to meeting our son, and um, yeah, after surviving quarantine and breaking out, we got to meet him and bring him home, and yeah. yeah. Praise yeah. God! It, yeah, I'm sure. You, I'm sure. Maybe at a later date, you guys can share strategies for killing time because it sounds like you had to yeah. you had to really work through that what, what did you learn about the lord and about yourselves through through this waiting period so i think in preparation for this podcast and having to like reflect and look back at our year and typically we do that closer to kind of christmas and new year's time as a time for reflection of the year past and what we want the next year to be like um, is just remarkable in terms of God has a plan for us and he has a plan for all of us and whether we know it or not um, it kind of our story is kind of already written 
um, and just trusting in his plan for us um, and going through life. Um, as Sandra had shared that out of all the days, yeah, we could have submitted our paperwork to start the adoption process and of all the children um, that um, we could have been matched with, we were matched with Jacob. And in some ways, um, it's hard to imagine like, yeah, life without him. And he just, he fits perfectly into our family and our story. Um, and um, just, yeah, trusting the Lord and not worrying about how things are going to play out. Um, and kind of with our upbringing and our personalities, we're type of people who like to plan ahead of time, prepare for all of life's unexpected hurdles. Um, however, the I guess the journey of infertility and the journey of adoption was something we couldn't have expected. Um, so for most of life's difficulties, we've been trained to like work hard and it'll all get better, just kind of tough through it. Um, but especially with the journey of infertility, it wasn't something that we could work hard to fix it. Um, it didn't happen for us in the way that maybe we had had hoped. Um, but I mean, through that experience, um, it brought us um, closer together as a, as a couple. Um, and we learned how to better communicate with one another. Um, and through our struggles, it's definitely like strengthened us um, in this season of life. And I have a verse here that, that it's uh, Matthew six twenty-five to 34. Um, Therefore, I tell you not to worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the fields, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all things will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. It's a good word. Yeah. Sandra, anything you'd want to want to add to that? Um, yeah, I think my, um, my thoughts were very similar, um, in that just, I feel like it was just a season of being reminded that God is sovereign and he's in control. Mm. Um, yeah, as someone who's a doer and achiever, it's always a struggle for me to remember this. And I feel like this was a season where, there were multiple times where there was just nothing left for me to do or yeah. to try, but just to sit at the Lord's feet and say, like, God, your will be done. Um, 
I, yeah, I tried everything in my power to get pregnant and failed. I had tried everything in my power to make our adoption process go, you know, more smoothly, more quickly. Um, But there were just so many things out of my control. And yet um, God's way was way more beautiful than we could have ever imagined. And um, yeah, it made me think of the verse from Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us to him be glory yeah yeah i think uh, you know it's as i'm listening it, it seems like uh maybe maybe you could even say you learned about yourself so that you're you're more resilient than than you, you thought and um i don't know it's cool to hear like god's got such an amazing storyteller and mm-hmm. Uh, your family is one of his many masterpieces. And so mm-hmm. it's just, it's, it's really compelling. It's really, I mean, just so, so incredible the way that God is, has been at work and how in the midst of, again, with talking about Advent, reflecting on, on a season of Advent, we're thinking about waiting and waiting on the Lord and how in your story of adoption, his, his timing is, is perfect. It's mm-hmm. so good. Um, and so uh, again with with advent you so see you have you have waiting and then you also have arrival that that God does come that there is there is that eventually the, 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 the what you're waiting for comes to you um, and and so you you've experienced both of those things in in your own in this in this story of of adoption with I mean Jacob's in the room with us like he, he's he's here um, so I thought it would be fun for you guys maybe to, to just Reflect on, share a little bit. Of what What are some ways that Jacob's arrival, how he's brought joy into your home, um, and, and maybe even helped remind you of the joy that we have in in Christ coming? So, so uh, yeah, we were reflecting on this, um, and we can hardly remember a time that we didn't have him in our lives. Um, and since having Jacob and becoming a father, I truly understand the meaning of unconditional love. Um, and kind of to us, a child was born. Um, kind of, he came at the perfect time and we couldn't hope, have hoped for anything different. Uh, he was an answer to our prayers. Um, and we get to see life through his eyes and experience new things. I love how... Advent has been described or summarized as God promised he would come at just the right time he came and he's coming back again to make all things right and new. Um, The line at just the right time he came really stands out to me because, um, yeah, it reminds me that the Lord's perfect timing is cause for joy um, and celebration that Jesus came down and was born a baby with very specific timing and history um, in order to fulfill his promises and to make a way for all mankind to be saved. Um, Yeah, similarly for us, um, Jacob joined our family at just the right time. Everything uh, had to happen in the timing that it did um, in order for us to be matched with Jacob. And if we were any earlier or later, it would have been another child. So, um, yeah, all of the waiting, the delays, the frustrations, they were they were purposeful. Um, yeah, and I even remember 
Gina, you saying a very similar thing to me about um, the timing of their adoption story with Hudson. So it's, um, yeah, it's been beautiful to see how God loves us in his perfect timing. And um, mm. yeah, um, there's just, yeah, so much joy in that yeah. um, in seeing his love. Yeah. Yeah, and even even as you guys are answering here, here you're hitting them both on joy and and love, and so, mm-hmm. um, in in referring to love, talking about love, uh, the the Bible Project guys they have a great uh, series on the the different theme words of of Advent. Uh, we've we've referred to them before in the past. Uh, I recommend them. I think that they're great. Uh, this is a, a quote by them from, in, in particular, their video on love when they summarize love by saying that Christian faith involves trusting that at the center of the universe is a being overflowing with love for his world, which means that the purpose of human existence is to receive this love that has come to us in Jesus and then to give it back out to others, creating an ecosystem of others-focused, self-giving love. And I think it's just such such a beautiful picture of what God is doing what in, in, in him coming um, what he's bringing about, what he's trying to create uh, in us through himself, um, and so I wanted to ask, what what is your adoption journey taught you about the love of Christ? I mean, you've already you've already kind of uh, Nathan, you in particular, you alluded to this a little bit, but what what is your adoption journey taught you about the love of Christ? Um, yeah, I was reflecting on how. The love, of, uh, the love of Christ is patient, persevering, and unwavering. Um, I was thinking about how our adoption journey required so much patience waiting and jumping through so many hoops um, in order to pursue our son um, and to bring Jacob home. Um, and I'm just reminded that because God loved us first, um, he pursued us no matter how long it took and how far he had to go in order that we would get to be in relationship with him as his adopted sons and daughters. Um, So I'm thankful that God is infinitely more patient um, and continues to be steadfast in pursuing us in all seasons uh, in our walk with him. I'm also reminded of the people in our lives, um, in our small group, in our church community that walk through us, yeah. um, walk through this journey with us, um, kind of from the very beginning, um, as we were talking about trying to grow our family um, and having difficulty and doing various fertility treatments um, and just their prayers um, that sustained us um, and their love for our family and just um, love for us and love for our future child. Um, Yeah, whether it be praying for us um, through the initial phase, through our adoption phase, and then through our travels. um, Because, yeah, um, certainly being quarantined in a hotel room for 14 days and not letting, not um, being able to leave your room and then another seven days of another sort of quarantine uh, was a journey in itself and um, kind of without their prayers and their love and their support, um, it would have been tough to, to kind of get through that. And so, yeah, we're reminded of the love of our community and our friends and family around us. 
Yeah. And then um, maybe, maybe in particular, just as, as now you're, you, you went through this journey of adoption. Now you're in this uh, never ending season of parenting. Um, how, how have you seen your own capacity for others focused, self-giving love expand than even before having Jacob in your home? I mean, we're already called to that with, I mean, anyone, anybody, any Christian is called to, to walk in that, to, to have that kind of love, but um, adding a child into, into the mix definitely pushes you. So, Yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of wild um, that God transforms us from, you know, um, how he how he transforms us from being you know more kind of focused on self to others focused because um, definitely yeah our our main focus these days is Jacob and revolves around his well being and um, that you know might mean sacrificing our own time or our own sleep or whatnot and um, yeah I think that's definitely a God thing that you know that we're able to not only do it, you know, for one day, but he's the one that actually we draw our, um, uh, that sustainable energy to continue to do so from, it's because of his, because he loved us first that we have this capacity to love. Um, Cause yeah, I don't, there are some days where I'm not sure I can on my own <laughs> have yeah, yeah. the patients have, you know, um, the wherewithal to, <laughs> to parent well and yeah. love well. Yeah. Yeah, um, as Sandra had talked about before, um, we got married and a month later, I left for Cincinnati to do my residency. So we spent our first year of marriage apart. Um, and it wasn't until us moving to North Carolina that we started doing married life together. Um, and so I think each of these stages um, I had had to learn that, oh, my life, my decisions and things that I make don't just involve me anymore. Now that I have Sandra in my life, I have a wife that it affects her. Um, and now going through the, this adoption process and having Jacob in our lives, that there's all our kind of activities or actions and our things that we think about has to include him as well. Um, and so it's kind of forced us to, um, focused mainly on him. Um, we focus on ourselves a little bit, uh, but yeah, just making sure that he's um, taken care of, that um, his well-being um, is being looked after, um, and at, uh, yeah, at the sacrifice of um, sometimes our sanity um, <laughs> yeah. or sleep, um, but I think in the end, it's all worth it. And like Sandra said, sometimes in the wee hours of the morning when we're losing our patience, um, kind of, I think getting through it, it's not by our own strength that we can get through it. Um, and it's just through um, God's um, steadfast love and just walking through life with us. Yeah. No, I think I think that's such a good word. I think um, one of the things that... that has come to mind for me often as, as I think about like just when I've, when I first encountered becoming a parent and uh, as I've, as I've been able to encourage other new parents or, you know, however long 
it's just this God seems to just open up this capacity for love that you didn't realize that you had. And it's just, it, it's hard. It's almost like, uh, I mean, Nathan, maybe you'll appreciate this a little bit more than Sandra, but like un- unlocking a, a, like a, that next level in a video game, you know, <laughs> like you just, like you didn't know that, like you, you can't, you can't experience it until you, you, you get there. Um, there's just like this, this well, this capacity, you realize it goes deeper and, um, to know that we, we love imperfectly, but God, God loves perfectly. And, um, uh, and he has, he has done so he's shown us. And this season is, is a sweet reminder that, that God has done it and he will, he will continue to do the things that he set out to do that he's, he's faithful to his promises. And so even as we wait now, we, we, we're in this season of waiting, longing, asking God, how long, how much longer? Um, knowing that He's His timing is perfect, that He's He's bringing us into His joy, and that His love is is surpasses time. Like it's just um, just a, a wonderful reality. Any any last thoughts? Any anything else you'd like to to share? Um, yeah. We both um, were kind of thinking about passages that came to mind and actually came to the same one um, separately. Um, we love um, James 1, 2-4. to four. Hmm. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete not lacking anything. And um, yeah, for me, I, I really, this um, verse really resonates with kind of what we're reflecting on and thinking about joy um, because, um, yeah, I'm realizing that, you know, I think in our culture, it's easy to sometimes think of joy as like, or confuse joy with happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, but um at least the way I see it, um, happiness can be very circumstantial, um, but our joy um, is constant and it's rooted in um, our God who is faithful. Um, mm. And so even in suffering, even in brokenness, we have joy because um, because of God. Um, and so, yeah, um, that was just something that I was thinking about um, that, um, yeah, in our adoption story, it's easy to find the joy piece in the, like, when Jacob came home. But when I look back, there was joy, really, in every step of the way, hmm. just because God was with us every step of the way, even right. even in our pain, even in our waiting, even in our longing. Um, yeah, he was there, and... Um, hmm. That's such a, a source of comfort and joy. Yeah, um, we were reflecting on this um, on the couch as Jacob was napping um, just before doing this podcast. And I was telling Sandra that th- all the kind of trials and tribulations that we've encountered and faced through this journey, um, the infertility, the adoption, um, it made us kind of who we are Um as people and as a couple and that I wouldn't have traded even though during that period or during that time 
um, it was difficult and it was hard to like go through. Um, but it made us who we are and, um, we were able to like learn and grow for it, grow from it and only reflecting on it now that we appreciate and see kind of God's hand in um, every step of the way. Um, and so, yeah, it was funny that we were both reflecting on it and looking at like, oh, what Bible passage did you choose? And like, oh, you chose the same one yeah. as me? Um, so I have a different one here. Uh, <laughs> it's Romans fifteen thirteen. Um, may the... God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And that's, uh, I mean, again, a powerful word to end on. And I think, I think we can land the plane there, especially, uh, Jake has been such a, such a good sport to let us talk, go here for 45, 46 minutes. And, um, but I, I really appreciate you all coming and, and just sharing your story, sharing your story with the, with the church, getting to, and, and, and even I'm really grateful that you have this opportunity to reflect on what God was doing in all of that, that, that we have to, to have that perspective to, of, of hindsight and, and just to think, think back and to think how God was there every step of the way and that how that does, that has brought you so much joy, um, in knowing that our God, our God is a God who is with us. Mm-hmm. He's with us. He's Jesus, our Emmanuel, and um, and so uh, Waypoint Church. I hope that that Nathan and Sandra's story is something that blesses you during this Advent season as you reflect on uh, your own stories and, and think about how God brings joy and love into your own life. And so, uh, until next time, I hope that you guys have a great rest of your week and uh, happy Advent. Happy Advent. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.